And now, deep thoughts. Listening to the Deep Thoughts Podcast, where we explore one aspect of the Christian faith a little more deeply. I'm your host, Matt Schantz, and in this episode, I'm talking about foster care and adoption with my guest, Jason Kovacs. Jason has been serving individuals, leaders, families, churches, and nonprofit organizations in the areas of pastoral care, counseling, and orphan advocacy for over 20 years. He helped plant a church, started a nonprofit, and served as the pastor of counseling at the Austin Stone Church in Austin, Texas, where he founded and directed the Austin Stone Counseling Center. In 2018, Jason and his family moved back to Canada to start the Gospel Care Collective and Redemption Counseling. He has received specialized training in working with foster adopt families and trauma and serves on the board of ABBA Canada, which is an organization that provides financial assistance for adoptive families in Canada. He's also the co-founder of Together for Adoption. He and his wife Shonda have been married for 16 years and have five children, four of which are through adoption. So let's get started. Hey, Jason, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. Did you go? Did you grow up in Tawasson? Yeah, I, I, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, technically grew up until uh, I was 12 in Edmonton, Alberta. So I'm an Oilers fan. Oh. Die hard. Uh, lived there during the, uh, the glory years. Right. Uh, the dynasty years. And then when I was 12, we moved to Richmond. And then um, when I was 13, we lived in Richmond for a year and then uh, moved to Tawasson. So, yeah, kind of the, the more formative years of my life, I would grow up in Tawasson and uh, then went to Trinity Western University and Northwest Baptist College uh, for, for my uh, uh, college years. So Gretzky was traded from the Oilers and your family was just like, let's get out of here. Was that pretty parallel? Is that accurate? Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was nothing there anymore. (laughs) It was a pretty devastating (laughs) trade. I think we followed him. Yeah. That's awesome. So then you had an interesting, from there, like I know you a little bit, we've chatted about this. You eventually found your way down to Texas, but not before stopping in uh, Minneapolis to intern for John Piper and stuff. Tell us what happened after, after university and how you found your way down to Texas. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so yeah, I graduated from Northwest Baptist College, uh, which was on the campus of Trinity Western, and uh, felt called to ministry, and uh, had had been introduced to John Piper through his writing and books, and and they had a they had just started his church had started an internship program, uh, apprenticeship program. So I, I got introduced to that. And uh, had really felt like, man, that you know, if there's any way that I'd want to be trained for pastoral ministry, it'd be to sit with somebody, and you know, learn from from a, from a pastor who I respect. So I applied, and by God's grace, they they accepted accepted me, and um, 
moved down there in 2000 to Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, and I was there for three years and uh, met my wife there. Um, it was at, also at that church that I really, my eyes were open to adoption. Uh, I can talk about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I also met, most importantly, uh, one of the biggest blessings was meeting my wife. And she's from Texas, so that's the Texas connection. We got married, ended up moving to Texas for a year. And then we were in North Carolina for five years. And then we were back in Texas for 10 years uh, before we just moved back here to Canada a year and a half ago. So, so why don't you pick up on that? How did adoption come on your radar in those Minneapolis years? Yeah, I, um, I, I got there as, you know, young, single 23 year old, I think I was at that point. And, uh, and you know, the church in that church, they, there was, there was a huge culture of adoption uh, that had been sort of developed over over years and years, uh, and this was back again, yeah, in 2000. So they were they were just they, they were sort of God was at work in that church um, in, in, a, in a big way before you know most other churches were, were really even you know considering uh, adoption as as a ministry or. or you know, then the churches all over the place obviously had adoptive families, but but at Bethlehem, the church is called Bethlehem Baptist. There was a family who had adopted. I can't remember what year, but basically they they just through their adoption process, one realized how expensive. They realized how huge of a need there was, so they came. You know, through their adoption experience and did two things. They said, "Let's as a church start a fund that will help other." Because the need is so great, let's 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 encourage as many people as we can to adopt because of the gospel. Like God has has adopted us, and and so you know, if there's anybody that should be adopting children, it should be us. Uh, God's adopted children, and uh, and so that just you know catalyzed a, a sort of a movement within the church. And um, when I got there, by the time I got there, there were you know over a hundred adoptive families and most of those adoptive families had or families had adopted transracially. So again, when I got there, I could see it. It was like adoption was visible because it was all these white families with black kids. And, uh, and it was the first time I really saw adoption and, and thought about adoption, uh, in my life. I, I think I, you know, known, you know, I had some friends that were adopted, but it just wasn't a thing that, I, that was on my radar. And, um, yeah, so I got to know some of the families, and they told me why they adopted and the motivation for it. And it just it was like it clicked. It was like, oh, oh, my goodness. Why why haven't I never heard this before? Um, that 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 this this is, a, you know, the need and the gospel together uh, just exploded in my heart. And uh, so I knew at that point, okay, you know, uh, this is going to be part of my life. I think I, at that point, too, I thought, well, I better get married first, too. So I started praying <laughs> about that. And God was kind. He provided. Awesome. Can you unpack that more? Like for for some of our listeners who, who in their minds, maybe the, the adoption gospel connection that we would adopt children uh, and that being an outworking of a 
theological understanding. Like, can you unpack that? What that looks like? Uh, why that is the the notion? Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's. I, I think I'd say two things. It's simple, but it's also um, wonderfully complex. Uh, in that, you know, God has adopted us, and you know, we were once. Uh, you know, lost and, and estranged from him, and he adopted us and into his family. And so, adoption is just biblically, you know, this this glorious category uh, for our that describing our salvation and redemption, and and the reality of what it means to to uh, to be saved. It, it means you know we're saved from our sin, we're redeemed, but but we're redeemed into a relationship. And reconciled into a relationship with a father um, as sons and daughters, and and so that that's our identity. Uh, and it's just pervasive. It's at the very heart of uh, of Christianity. It's the heart of the gospel is adoption. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, just thinking about that, it, it, it you know, uh, there, there's a lot there that uh, that that that. Makes us think about our identity, and and as we look around, and we recognize that there are children in the world today that have no father, have no mother, are orphans. Um, that that man, if, if there's anybody that ought to take care of them, it, it's us. Yeah. Uh, that we have this category for adoption that that you know it should make more sense to us than anybody else. Yeah. Um, so that there's a simplicity there, um, you know, that you can look at that one-to-one sort of uh, connection. But but it's also, you know, much more, uh, like I said, wonderfully complex because, you know, we're uh, we we were not, you know, cute uh, orphan children that mm-hmm. you know were victims of, uh, you know, par- our parents dying or. You know, a single mother just not being able to to uh, to provide and having to make that incredibly brave decision to place us for adoption. You know, it's like that's that's the story of earthly adoption, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like these children are, are sort of innocent and they're victims, and they're they they the family system has been broken, and so. Uh, but but for us in our adoption, it was actually a very different story. It was like we we were in rebellion. We were in sin. We were children of the devil. We were, you know, living in our depravity and, and lost, um, and estranged from God. We were once, you know, God's children. And then we turned away from God. And, and, uh, and so, so God's adoption of us is in some ways very different. It's, it's a reconciliation. It's the story in some ways of the prodigal son who is, uh, who left and demanded his inheritance and then mm-hmm. comes to his senses and, and a father who runs and restores um, us back in, into relationship. Um, so it, so in some ways, our adoption in Christ and in God is, is a story of family reunification and, and reconciliation. So, so I, I argue that, you know, as Christians, we should be huge advocates for adoption, foster care, but you take the the issue of foster care in a, in a, in that world, there's a big, uh, need for, 
you know, wise reunification where, where, you know, where that can happen. And then just even globally with orphans, there's, I I think Christians ought to be because of the gospel and the, and, and our story of adoption, we ought to be the most passionate advocates for, for family preservation and fam- and and reunification, orphans yeah. with 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 families. Yeah, that's really. So that's where if that makes sense. That's where it, it's it's uh, yeah, simple and complex. All, all you know at the same time. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's really helpful. Talk to me about your experience with adoption, maybe both in an organizational sphere, but also in your own family. So we've we have five kids. Uh, four of our children have um, come to us through adoption, so it, it's personally um, been a big part of our family. Uh, our our adoptions have were domestic and international. So our uh, oldest two are a sibling group. Uh, we adopted them uh, through a private adoption agency, and then our uh, our other son who's 12 now uh, was through another agency and then our youngest was from Uganda and so uh, we've kind of done gone through multiple channels at, at one point we, we were certified to do foster care we thought that was maybe where mm-hmm. the route and, and pathway that God was calling us to towards um, we never did have uh, have any a uh, foster child in our home or adopt through the through um, to the foster care system, but uh, have had a lot of friends and, and, and folks in our church that have uh, adopted that way, or, or just or just been called to do foster care. Kind of have had, you know, multiple children, tens uh, of children through their home over the years. What what was maybe more challenging than you expected about adopting? And, and and maybe what's been more rewarding or more enjoyable than you could have anticipated? Right. Do you have experiences on, on both ends of those, uh, those questions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, when you adopt or foster, you are stepping into, uh, broken, brokenness like no other, uh, you know, and, and mm. you think of the verse in James, you know, that uh, we often think about when we think about adoption, uh, James one twenty seven, that pure and undefiled religion is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Mm. Uh, and so James is, is really honest there in, in saying that it's, uh, it's in their affliction that we visit uh, the, the children and, and so, you know, if we take adoption or foster care as as uh, as one of the applications of of what James is saying there, where we are visiting orphans in their affliction, we're we're entering into their suffering, entering into the brokenness and affliction. So I think that you know you, you can you can read books on that, you can talk to others about you know what you might expect, and I think there's a lot of there's that, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I, I encourage people to to, uh, to to learn as much as they can to uh, have community and support people that that can you know help prepare them. Sort of like good good premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know just like good premarital counseling, you can tell a couple 
kind of what to expect uh, and give them the best resources and information as possible. But it's not until you're actually married or until you're actually, you know, in the midst of it that you that you really kind of know what you're, you're you're having to deal with and and what the nature of uh, uh, of, of it is. So. Uh, we, we've had lots of challenges, I'd say, over the years, um, just in terms of, uh, you know, learning how to parent, but also the, the unique challenges of, uh, uh, of attachment and, uh, uh, and that sort of thing hmm. you know, with our own kids and, um, and then being involved in the adoption world. We, 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 my wife and I have walked with uh, countless other couples who similar sort of thing, just uh, not not being able to know and 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 plan for the challenges that they face, and then having to kind of in the midst of it deal with unspeakable challenges. Hmm. Um, and so, the need for support is huge. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, the the joy is it's just the joy of uh, seeing God work and. And uh, uh, the blessing of family, the the, the you know re- realizing that and that, uh, this this may have been life or death that God's given us the the gift of being able to be used to to uh, to see a child who who didn't have a family now have a family and a, and, and hope and um, and rela- and relationship. Mm. It's like in Ephesians 5 and that picture of marriage, mar- Christian marriage can be a picture of the gospel. And there's something so beautiful about families that have adopted where a family itself, uh, an adoptive family can be such a beautiful picture of the gospel as well. So yeah. that's fantastic. I hear I hear you advocating for uh, support and uh, and uh pretty tight bond among, among, uh, families that have adopted. Have you found that you've needed each other at different times? Like the, you would advocate for that, for our listeners to find that. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be really hard to find. Um, so I'd say don't give up. Um, when you, it's very common for adoptive families to feel alone, uh, because they, the challenges are so unique. You know, in many ways, you're you're choosing to become a, a family with with children with you know with great you know needs and you know special needs with uh, medical needs with emotional needs with you know psychological needs. So you're you're uh, you, one you you can be overwhelmed with just you know being a parent, and then two having to provide what your children need. Uh, and, and navigating that. So, you know, sometimes as a parent, you have all these needs yourself to, to, to receive support, but just kind of reaching out can feel tiring and overwhelming. Uh, so there, there's, there's just a huge, huge need for uh, the church, I think, to be proactive with that, to, I think, recognize that, can we have all these adoptive families? Let's not wait for them to reach out to us. Let's Let's kind of assume that they're they're going to find themselves drowning at some at some point, mm-hmm. and let's just let's be proactive and reach out to them and make make support easy for them. That would be the ideal, um, just because 
and I, I say that in, you know, over a decade of just watching churches and being a part of churches trying to figure out how to support adoptive families. Well, that's helpful. And the need is great, isn't it? I mean, you lived in the States for a while. Um, I'm sure the need is great there, but do you know a little bit about, about the need, um, children waiting to be adopted in Canada? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you see different figures and, and it's hard to, you know, have exact figures, but, you know, I think <clears throat> I think in Canada overall, there's about 29,000, uh, you know, give or take. <laughs> uh, those figures may have shifted a little bit, but about 29,000 children waiting to be adopted. Um, these are children in the ministry's care, uh, you know, in some way. Uh, I think in BC, there's about a thousand uh, children waiting at any given point. Uh, so these are kids that that have no family, and they're they're just they're in foster care. They're 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 in uh, they're in homes run by the ministry, and uh, and so yeah, the, I mean, it's hard to put our minds around you know, around those numbers. Uh, but man, if, you know, churches like yours that are stepping up and, and realizing the need, uh, that's where it begins. That it's one family here, one family there that, you know, um, adopts one, adopts another. And, you know, I, I think if, you know, how many churches are there in BC, right? Yep. If you think about that, yep. there's over a thousand churches. Yep. So if your church, my church, you know, if every church, if just a thousand churches said, "Let's get around one family," that's all it would take. We we can we can we can do that. We can care for these. There shouldn't be a a, a list of waiting children. I I like to say, um, I mean, this is ideal. This is what I, I pray towards, and I think we ought to pray towards like the day when there's no longer a list of waiting children, but a list of waiting families mm. in churches. Yeah, that's good. That say, if there's ever a child like we, that, we could say to the ministry, to to the to the to the authorities, say, if there's ever a child that needs a home, we've got a family ready. Yeah, we've got a home and a bed and a fa- like. Just call us. That's right. <laughs> uh, that would be, I think, that that's how it ought to be, right? Uh, because of sin and brokenness in this fallen world, it, it things aren't the way they're supposed to be. Uh, but I think this is an absolute, you know, a definite area where the church can be on mission and be missional and and seek the wholeness and the flourishing of our of our cities and and, and our nation in Canada. That's uh, really really good. It's a good word. And uh, if you are listening and interested in adoption, you can explore that both locally through the ministry through. Uh, adoption agencies and, and internationally as well and we encourage you to do that and as Jason also advocated um, reach out to other families and uh, we at Central would like to be a part of that facilitating uh, adoptive families finding community and support for one another as well Jason thanks so much for your time God bless uh, thank you bless you guys too Because Jason is an adoptive father himself and also an advocate for adoption and foster care, not to mention along with his Christian faith that drives his convictions and heart around these things, there's really so much in that conversation to be helped, informed, and inspired by. 
And as I said at the beginning, Jason is a Christian counselor and he's really so gospel focused, which I love. He, he does a lot of online counseling sessions. And so really counseling has never been so easily accessible. I highly recommend him to you. Now, for the first time ever in the history of the Deep Thoughts podcast, we will be doing a part two on this same subject, but we'll have a new guest. Marie Bars, who is a part of the church I pastor, will be in the hot seat to talk about her own journey as an adoptive mother and foster parent. Talk to you then.